It is nearly 12 o'clock and time for the KMXT Midday Report. Thank you for listening to KMXT, broadcasting on 100.1 FM. It is your public radio station here in beautiful downtown Kodiak, Alaska, where it is 36 degrees under mostly cloudy skies. Out at the airport, they are showing calm winds, 97% humidity, and 10 miles of visibility. weather service is calling for a 30% chance of rain, partly sunny skies with a high near 38 and south winds to 10. For tonight, partly cloudy, low around 26, west winds to 5, becoming completely calm after midnight. And for tomorrow, mostly sunny skies, high near 32 with calm winds. Coming up on the Midday Report... The launch was scrubbed yesterday for ABL Space Systems' new rocket, but it might go off at 1 p.m. today, so keep your eyes peeled. And the Island Trails Network has received a million-dollar federal grant. We'll find out how they plan to use it. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Lakshmi Singh. The Trump Organization's former chief financial officer, Alan Weisselberg, will head to Rikers Island. In New York City today, a judge sentenced him to five months in jail for engineering a 15-year tax fraud scheme at the former president's company. Weisselberg pleaded guilty last year to multiple tax fraud charges and agreed to testify against the Trump Organization in exchange for a more lenient sentence. Two of the Trump Organization's entities will be sentenced this week. President Biden is meeting with the leaders of Mexico and Canada this hour in Mexico's presidential palace. NPR's Ada Peralta reports they're discussing immigration, security, and climate change. All three leaders were received with pomp by the Mexican military. President Biden, Mexican President Andres Manuel López Obrador, and Canadian President Justin Trudeau are spending several hours in meetings. Both the U.S. and Mexico say they will talk about the surge of migration from Latin America, but a document circulated by the U.S. on so-called deliverables from this conference did not show any new major initiatives on immigration. On climate change, the countries have agreed to reduce methane emissions from solid waste and wastewater by at least 15% from 2020 levels by 2030. Ada Pralta, NPR News, Mexico City. Well, a new study finds that the Earth's ozone layer is recovering after countries banned chemicals that were damaging it. NPR's Michael Copley reports the effort to save the protective barrier is also helping to fight climate change. Scientists said in 1985 they found a hole in the ozone layer, the gases in the atmosphere that protect the Earth from harmful radiation from the sun. The discovery alarmed the international community, and countries quickly agreed to stop making and using chemicals that were causing the problem. Experts backed by the United Nations say nearly all of those chemicals have now been phased out and that the ozone layer is on track to recover in the coming decades. And there's an added benefit. New restrictions that were added in 2016 to the original ozone agreement are expected to prevent up to half a degree centigrade of global warming by the end of the century. Michael Copley, NPR News. The U.S. military will soon begin training Ukrainian troops in Oklahoma 
on how to use a Patriot missile air defense system. NPR's Greg Myrie notes the U.S. recently agreed to provide Ukraine with a system to help protect against ongoing Russian airstrikes. The Pentagon says around 100 Ukrainians will travel to Fort Sill, Oklahoma, to learn how to use the Patriot, which can shoot down incoming Russian missiles. The U.S. has been training Ukrainian forces in Europe on a range of other weapon systems. But these troops will receive instruction at the same base where U.S. forces learn to use the sophisticated Patriot. Such training normally takes months, but the U.S. and Ukraine hope to speed up the process at a time when Russian airstrikes are inflicting heavy damage on Ukraine's electricity grid. The U.S. and Germany have agreed in recent weeks to send one Patriot battery each to Ukraine. Greg Myrie, NPR News, Washington. You're listening to NPR News. NPR News is brought to you in part by Providence Kodiak Island Counseling Center. For an appointment or more information, 481-2400. For KMXT, I'm Terry Haynes. California-based aerospace company ABL Space Systems postponed its rocket launch yesterday from Kodiak Pacific Spaceport Complex due to high winds on Narrow Cape. Its next scheduled launch attempt is scheduled for 1 p.m. today. The launch window for the company's RS-1 rocket opened yesterday at 1 p.m. and runs through Friday, January 13th. ABL President Dan Piemont said via email that if the company needs to push back its launch past Friday, it would be rescheduled for no sooner than February, so it does not interfere with Kodiak's tanner crab season. The fishery opens on Sunday, January 15th. ABL has been trying to launch from Kodiak since this fall. It was forced to scrub during its last launch attempt in December due to, quote, unexpected electrical interference, close quote, in the rocket's avionics system, according to the company's Twitter account. The Island Trails Network recently received a $1 million federal grant for marine debris removal around the Kodiak Archipelago, over five times its normal annual budget. KMXT's Brian Venwall reports the organization plans to use that funding to both clean larger amounts of debris and recycle more of the plastic they pick up. Island Trails Network is a nonprofit with a focus on promoting access, quality, and safety of hiking trails around the island. To help with their efforts, the nonprofit also hosts several events throughout the year where volunteers work together to clear litter or other washed up pieces of plastic on beaches around the archipelago. We've been offering them for about the last 10 years in some capacities. Travis Cooper is the organization's trails program coordinator and was one of the folks in charge of applying for the grant. The federal funding boost was announced by Senator Lisa Murkowski's office late last month. Cooper says the organization hopes to make recycling in the area easier and increase the amount of waste they're able to pick up. The goal specifically for that is to get 75 tons of marine debris off the archipelago. And then the other big part of that is kind of what we do with it once we get it onto a boat and back to Kodiak. Cooper says a significant part of the grant will be used to purchase a machine to sort and refine some of the plastics they pick up before sending them to another facility. The organization is unsure of what exact machine to buy, but they're looking to improve recycling systems already on the island. In the past, a lot of the trash they have picked up ended up in landfills. However, Cooper says the nonprofit aims to change that narrative. This grant is definitely going to help push us in a, a direction to turn kind of a, a nuisance and a, 
environmental disaster into something that's somewhat usable. Cooper says they'll have their work cut out for them this summer. 75 tons in one summer is kind of an ambitious goal, if you will. So it'll, there'll be some strategy and kind of where we can do the most thing for our buck. The organization plans to target sweeper beaches where significant piles of human-created waste get washed up from ocean currents. You know, I've kind of went on some of these very remote beaches where no one's around for miles, but you can't take a step without stepping on plastic. And that's kind of a really profound experience. More information about the Island Trails Network and their cleanup events is available on the organization's website at islandtrails.org or on its Facebook page. In Kodiak, I'm Brian Venois. Alaska legislators have so far pre-filed 68 bills and resolutions ahead of the January 17th session start date. The bills address a wide variety of issues from political contribution regulations to electric bikes. One pre-filed resolution proposes to amend an obsolete section of the Alaska Constitution that defines marriage as existing between one man and one woman. House Representative Andy Josephson, an Anchorage Democrat, sponsored that resolution. He says it was especially important to him after the U.S. Supreme Court struck down abortion protections last summer. The Supreme Court, for the first time in history, has removed civil rights. And we would be foolish to just watch them do it and not intervene to protect the civil liberties of our own citizens. Same-sex marriage has been recognized in Alaska since 2014. President Joe Biden signed a law last month federally recognizing same-sex and interracial marriages, but Josephson says he doesn't trust that the Supreme Court won't eventually strike that law, too. Josephson has introduced similar legislation in the past in an attempt to recognize gay marriage in the state constitution, but each time it has died without a vote. Kodiak Republican Louise Stutes pre-filed fisheries-related bills to support developing fisheries in the state and cut commercial vessel registration fees. A third proposed bill, which previously never made it out of the House, would allow Board of Fish members with conflicts of interest to participate in discussions, provided they don't vote on the matter. Why would you have a board member with an area of expertise and then not let him share his area of expertise with other board members? I mean, it's crazy. More pre-filed bills will be released on Friday. Pre-filed legislation will be formally introduced on the first day that each chamber is organized. Trappers killed more than 60 wolves during the month-long season on Prince of Wales Island late last year. Trappers are now pushing state authorities to move the season to the spring to allow them to take advantage of better conditions. But environmental advocates say too many wolves are being killed already, and a spring season would only make things worse. KRBD's Reagan Miller has this report. State wildlife officials say 62 wolves were taken during the 31-day harvest that ran from mid-November to mid-December. State biologists are comfortable with that number. Based on population estimates and previous harvest rates, the Alaska Department of Fish and Game expected that somewhere between 60 and 100 wolves would be taken this season. The state estimated roughly 230 wolves lived on Prince of Wales Island and the surrounding islands as of the fall of 2021. Biologists aim for a population of between 150 and 200 wolves. 
but environmental advocates are worried. Colette Adkins is the carnivore conservation director for the Center for Biological Diversity, one of the groups fighting to list the Alexander Archipelago wolf as endangered. I mean, 60-something last year, 60-something this year. Um, These wolves are going to end up on the endangered species list if this type of trapping continues. Adkins says her organization would like to see trapping stop on the island altogether. But area trappers have other ideas, including moving the season to the spring instead of the winter. Trapper Devin Dolan submitted a letter to Ketchikan's Fish and Game Advisory Committee explaining why he feels that the wolf harvest should be moved to the beginning of March. Dolan was a member of the committee until his term expired this past summer. He also addressed the committee at its recent meeting. A lot of people have complained for years about ice in November and December and snow and can't access areas, bad weather, short days. Trappers also wouldn't be in the field around the same time as duck or deer hunters. He says a spring season would avoid snaring deer during their critical breeding season. Moving it into uh, March is the deer are slowed down a lot. They're not quite moving as much. They're still moving, but they're not moving as quite a wide of a range where you would catch them in a snare quite as likely. They're going to be laying a little bit lower. The Ketchikan Advisory Committee unanimously chose to support a spring trapping season. But Adkins, from the Center for Biological Diversity, says the idea comes with its own problems. That's during the wolves' breeding season. It's a particularly sensitive time for wolves. And there are so many other ways to protect uh, deer from snaring. She suggests so-called breakaway devices that have a loop that breaks with a certain amount of force. Moving the trapping season to March would only make things worse for wolves. While the advisory committee supported the idea, it's not scheduled for discussion by the Board of Game when it meets in Ketchikan on January 20th. There are a few wolf-related items on the Board of Game's agenda. One proposal from the Alaska Wildlife Alliance would nearly double the target wolf population to between 250 and 350 wolves. Others would change the way the population or harvest level are calculated. A proposal from Ketchikan's advisory committee would open the wolf hunting season September 1st and set a five-wolf bag limit. Most wolves are killed by trappers, but an earlier hunting season would allow deer hunters to kill wolves that they encounter. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Reagan Miller. Klawak Police Chief Terry Stonecipher died unexpectedly Monday morning. He was the only officer at the Klawak Police Department. The city of Klawak announced his death along with a notice that Flags would be flying at half-staff in the Prince of Wales Island community. KRBD's Reagan Miller reports. Cloak Mayor Don Nickerson says that ever since the city of Cloak announced Terry Stonecipher's death on social media, he's been getting calls and messages from mourning residents. He was a great chief. Um, he will definitely be missed by this community. He was kind, caring, and very respectful to all community residents. Stonecipher had held the job since 2005. He also previously worked in Metlakatla's police department. Bruce Jaynes, Metlakatla's current police chief, says Stonecipher was an exceptional public servant. As a supervisor, he's probably one of the best police officers I've ever worked with in my 29-year career. Stonecipher was a mentor and trained Jaynes on the job in the 90s. Terry was one of those guys that he had a job to do, but he always treated people with respect. Janes lived next door to Stonecipher and his family in Metlakatla. Stonecipher leaves behind his wife, Julia, and two children. My kids played with Terry's kids, you know, growing up and, uh, you know, until they left. Stonecipher moved to Bethel after four years in Metlakatla and worked with the local police department for more than a decade. 
Jane says he also worked in probation services before moving back down to Southeast. With Stonecipher's passing, Nickerson says that there's currently no police officers in Klawak. We do not have any acting chief. We don't even have any officers. Nickerson says Alaska State Troopers will be answering 911 calls for Klawak, and Craig Police Department officers will patrol the town when they are able. The city of Klawak is asking residents to call 911 for emergencies, not the Klawak Police Department phone number. Nickerson did not answer questions about Stonecipher's cause of death or whether it was regarded as suspicious. Alaska State Troopers are handling the investigation, and Nickerson says his remains will be sent to the state medical examiner's office in Anchorage for an autopsy. Alaska State Troopers and Craig Police Department officers will drive Stonecipher in a procession to the ferry terminal in Hollis on Tuesday morning. His remains will be in a flag-draped coffin. Members of the public are invited to join the procession or flash their lights in support. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Reagan Miller. A new study calculates that two-thirds of the world's glaciers will disappear by the end of the century at current climate change trends. But if the world can limit future warming to just a few more tenths of a degree and fulfill international goals, technically possible but unlikely according to many scientists, then slightly less than half the globe's glaciers will disappear, said the same study. Thursday's study in the journal Science looked at all of the world's 215,000 glaciers and finds they are melting faster than scientists originally thought. But how fast they melt depends on how much the world warms. For many small glaciers, it's already too late. The loss of glaciers is about more than rising seas. It means shrinking water supplies for a big chunk of the world's population, more risk from flood events from melting glaciers, and about losing historic ice-covered spots from Alaska to the Alps, and even near Mount Everest's base camp. The Columbia Glacier in Alaska had over 200 billion tons of ice in 2015, but with just a few more tenths of a degree of warming, study authors calculated it will be half that size. Governor Mike Dunleavy banned the use of the social media app TikTok on all state-owned devices on Friday. In a press release, Dunleavy referenced national security concerns about the app, which is owned by a Chinese tech company. Last month, the FBI warned Congress that the Chinese government could potentially use TikTok to collect American users' data or control their devices. Dunleavy spokesperson Jeff Turner wrote in an email that the state is not aware of any security breaches caused by TikTok at this time. He says the governor issued the ban as a, quote, preemptive measure. In much of the world, the Christmas season continued into the new year with Eastern Orthodox Christians overseas and in the United States celebrating Russian Christmas on January 7th. On Saturday, St. Michael's Russian Orthodox Cathedral in Sitka hosted its annual nativity service featuring a divine liturgy and choral music with lyrics in Glinkit, Aleut, Yupik, as well as Latin. KCAW's Meredith Reddick brings us this audio postcard featuring the voices of Father Ishmael Andrew and choral director Kathy Hope Erickson.
Asatia Karakisaha's Klingit, Wesperak Ninkinik Duknisara's Aliut, and Wesperak Nakakikut. And I always say that's our reward for having gone through that. chip production in North America. I'm Novasafo with the Marketplace Minute. President Biden and the leaders of Mexico and Canada conclude two days of talks today in Mexico City. The White House says among the agreements reached is to invest more in semiconductor chip manufacturing and to do so in a coordinated effort. The World Bank is greatly reducing its expectations of global economic growth for this year down to 1.7%. It also slashed growth projections for the U.S. down to half a percent. The bank says developing countries will be impacted the most this year by economic difficulties. Coinbase is laying off nearly 1,000 people. That's 20% of its workforce. It's the third round of layoffs at the cryptocurrency exchange. I'm Novasafo with the Marketplace Minute. Marketplace Minute is supported by JLL, shaping the future of real estate for a better world. This is the Island Messenger, a look at personal messages, the weather, and community announcements. Good afternoon and welcome to your Island Messenger for Tuesday. It is the 10th day of January, the year 2023. The sun rose today at 947. It will set again at 447. That will give us seven hours of glorious daylight a gain of 2 minutes and 45 seconds compared to yesterday. Our record low for this date was 4 degrees, set in 1932, and our record high was 47, set in 1916 and in 1930. Currently, it is 36 degrees under mostly cloudy skies. We have calm winds out at the airport. They are also showing 97% humidity and 10 miles of visibility. Look for a 30% chance of rain this afternoon, mostly cloudy skies with a high near 38, south winds to 10. Partly cloudy skies tonight with a low around 26, south winds to 5, becoming calm after midnight. And for tomorrow, mostly sunny, high near 32 with calm winds. I should tell you that there's a 40% chance of rain starting Wednesday night at 4 a.m. And rain is likely for Thursday. Rain is almost... A sure thing on Friday, Saturday, just a chance of rain on Sunday. Looking at our local tides, we have a high tide coming up. That'll happen at 3.30 p.m. here on the east side, and be 8.7 feet. Followed by a low tide at 10.12 this evening of minus two-tenths. Our high tide for the wee morning hours 
here on the east side will be at 4.48 a.m. tomorrow and be 7.2 feet, followed by a low tide at 10.12 in the morning of 2.9 feet. Over on the west side, your high tide will happen at 4.01 this afternoon and be 13.5 feet in Larson Bay, followed by a low tide at 10.42 this evening of minus 2 tenths. Your next high tide will be at 5.06 in the morning tomorrow and be 12.4 feet, followed by a low tide at 10.53, nearly 11 a.m., of 4.4 feet in Larson Bay. Mariners, here is your forecast for Marmot Island to Sitkanak, Kodiak's east side. Small craft advisory for today. South winds to 20 knots, seas to 9 feet today. For tonight, southwest 15, seas to 7 feet. And for tomorrow, variable 10, seas to 7 feet. Wednesday night, northeast 15, seas to 8 feet. And Thursday and Friday, east 20, seas coming up to 10 feet. Over in the Shelikoff Strait, small craft advisory today. Southeast 25, diminishing to 15 knots sometime this afternoon. Sea 6 feet, should be coming down to 4 feet this afternoon. For tonight, south winds to 15 knots, seas to 4 feet. And for Wednesday, south winds to 15 knots, seas to 3 feet. Going to northeast 15 Wednesday night, seas to 3 feet. And Thursday and Friday in the Shelikoff, northeast 25, seas to 6 feet. Well, don't forget, tomorrow is Lego Club Day at the Kodiak Public Library. That begins at 3.30 p.m. Children under 10 must be accompanied by an adult. On Thursday, starting at 10.30 a.m., the library hosts a lap-sit story time for babies 0 to 3 and their adults. Join volunteer Abby Hanna to share a story and a song with some quality time to play and socialize. And on Saturday, January 14th, this coming Saturday, from 1 to 4 p.m., the library will have a Chinese calligraphy craft. Learn how to make a symbol of good luck for the Chinese New Year. Supplies provided by the library. Again, that's between 1 and 4 p.m. on Saturday. Chinese calligraphy. Library hours are Mondays, Fridays, and Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Tuesdays and Thursdays, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. And the library will be closed next Monday for Martin Luther King Jr. Day. The Alaska Aerospace Corporation will be conducting rocket launch operations at Narrow Cape January 10th through January 13th. Road closures could be in place between 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. To ensure public safety during the operations, there will be restrictions at milepost 10 of the Pasagshack Road until hazardous operations have concluded for the day. Refer to the Pacific Spaceport Complex Alaska hotline at 833-772-2321 for updates. That's 833-PSCA-321. The Kodiak City Council will be holding a work session tonight. That meeting begins at 7.30 p.m. and will be held in the Kodiak Public Library. They will be having a regular meeting on Thursday night, also at 7.30 p.m., also in the library. Both meetings are open to the public, and public members are also encouraged to tune in here at KMXT on 100.1 FM. The meetings will also be web-streamed, and the links for that, as well as meeting packets, are available at the City of Kodiak website. If you have any other questions, contact the City Clerk at 907-486-8636.
The following are upcoming Kodiak Island Borough public meetings. On Wednesday, January 11th, the Planning and Zoning Commission will be having a work session in the Borough Assembly Chambers. That will be happening at 6.30 p.m. On Thursday, January 12th, the Assembly will be having a work session in the Kodiak Island Borough Assembly Chambers at 6.30 p.m. On Wednesday, January 18th, there will be three meetings. The Solid Waste Advisory Board will be having their regular meeting in the Kodiak Fisheries Research Center at 5.15 p.m. The Planning and Zoning Commission will be having a regular meeting in the Borough Assembly Chambers at 6.30 p.m. And the Assembly and City Council will be having a joint work session in the Library's Multipurpose Room at 6.30 p.m. And on Thursday, January 19th, the Assembly will be having its regular meeting in the Borough Assembly Chambers at 6.30 p.m. All meetings are open to the public, and meeting packets are available at the Kodiak Island Borough website. Contact the clerk at 907-486-9310 with any questions. It's a tough time, but each of us can make a difference in the lives of Alaskans. All you have to do is give via pick, click, give by supporting Alaska's nonprofits when you apply for your PFD. You aren't just donating. You're giving more opportunity, more hope, more chances. You're changing the lives of Alaskans with the click of a button. Don't forget to pick, click, give when you fill out your PFD application this year. Listen for the Island Messenger here on Public Radio KMXT three times a day, Monday through Friday at 9 a.m., during the midday report at 12.20, and in the evening at 7 o'clock. If you have a community announcement or personal message, including lost and found items or pets, you can call KMXT at 486-3181, fax us at 486-2733, or email psa at kmxt.org.